0: welcome to another episode of the bruising cues podcast i am your host eddie we we are we do not have slater today he's actually getting his uh suit fitted for his wedding so but we do have a special guest here all the way from the east coast none other than david ritchie the director of the craft rhode island movie available on amazon how you doing david
1: I'm doing well, Eddie. Thanks for having me. And sorry that uh, Slater can't make it though. That's a uh, that's an important thing that he's doing.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So originally he was wanting to be here and we had everything planned. That's why I was talking to him and then he texted me, we went to we went to go home and talk to the boss, boss fiance. Yep, and he's like, We got your dress fitting, you got your fitting for that day, and it's like oh yeah oh crap he texted me and then you know i was like no yeah. worries man that's that's way much more important but
1: we'll, we'll make it work yeah it's uh <laughs> I, I've, I've been through that and uh so um yeah you gotta have to, you have to defer to the fiance so
0: absolutely she's the boss right now <laughs> and yeah. forever right?
1: pretty much forever uh, that's right. well
0: i mean well thanks for coming thanks for you know you know, being able, be, making yourself available, mm-hmm. um, really appreciate it. Uh, I think I, I don't know how I got even touched with you, or you got in touch with me. I don't remember, but I saw the Instagram follow, and I and I saw the your ad, and then I saw the craft. You know, Rhode Island, mm-hmm. and being that I'm in the West Coast, Orange County to be exactly, I was like, what does is Rhode Island know about craft beer? And of course. I bought it. Thank I watched you. it that same night that we talked. And then I was like, I emailed you, I want to say the next day, and I said, Man, this movie was great. I, I thought it was gonna be some boring like movie where every brewer and brewery is talking about how their beer is the best and mm-hmm. how what how what makes them special. And but honestly, first and foremost, what went through mine. What what was was it? Oh, I'm going to make a movie about a craft beer. Like how did that whole thing got started?
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm pretty long-winded in my answers. So forgive me before I I start. So um, I am actually a a high school social studies teacher. I teach world history and American government, primarily at a a high school in Providence. And uh, we're about to start up again in a couple of of weeks. So um, my company, which you can see my shirt, 11 Design LLC is actually a as of now, a part-time thing that I do with my siblings. I have an older brother and a younger sister, and then my brother-in-law, who's going to be marrying my sister. So we started Eleven Design uh, back in 2016. And as I just mentioned, teaching government, I have a background in politics, um, a master's degree in political science. And so a lot of the work that we were doing initially was was political-related, you know, campaigns and things like that. So we ended up... um, doing some stuff for Rhode Island PBS, uh, back in like 2017 and they were looking for some new content. So I was a really, really casual craft beer drinker, uh, even as recent as 2017. Um, but I knew that the scene was exploding across the country. You know, I had started to, to, to see more of these craft offerings, you know, at liquor stores and things like that. And, um, Again, being you know interested in history, I, I'm really interested in research and learning about you know things that I'm passionate about. And so I, I pitched the idea of doing a documentary about the Rhode Island craft beer scene because I wanted to investigate it further. And they loved the idea. Long story short, um, they asked us to do all this work on it. You know, with we had thought that we were going to get compensated for it and put together a pilot. And they were like, oh, we don't have any money. Sorry. You know, do it for free, but we'll put it on Rhode Island PBS and that'll be the prize for you. And we were basically like, "F that!" So uh, we decided to finish it on our own. And then, um, la, what year are we in now? Twenty twenty. So last year, uh, twenty nineteen, we um, we submitted an application for the Rhode Island International Film Festival, which is actually one of the most prestigious film festivals in the country. Uh, they only accepted two hundred movies out of seventy seven hundred that that had entered. Um, so we got in there. And then, about a year ago, a couple weeks ago, we uh, we received a grand prize award uh, at that festival, which was, you know, obviously a breakthrough for us. And, um, just to finish up the answer, we, uh, we were able to luckily acquire an agent, out actually your way in Hollywood, um, uh, talk global media, it's Reese Cohn is her name. And, uh, we picked up a distribution company in Portland, Oregon, and the owner of the distribution company is a huge, huge craft beer geek. So he was all over this movie and um and then so now you know last month we launched and as you said earlier you know we're available on amazon prime on cox on verizon fios comcast and about 15 other platforms across the country so um it's been a wild ride but it's been awesome so far
0: that's pretty awesome i mean i think the i i, I re the movie last night yeah. i was sitting there i got talking to the girls like look i, I got i gotta watch it again because i know i okay. miss things let me watch it again i gotta watch it again I'm sitting there on my tablet watching from my tablet and trying to get things ready for today. And I'm like, Oh, I missed this part. Oh, I missed that part. Wait, what about this? What, when did that happen? And I'm, I'm really glad I got to watch it again because I was like, and at, and at the beginning, before we started recording, you're like, I hope, I hope you bought it rather than renting.'" And I said, no, no, I bought it. I for sure did. Cause I knew I was going to watch this over and over again. As a matter of fact, I've been pushing this movie to a lot of people because now that the biggest thing is this, everyone's on this hazy we call it on you know, the west coast a hazy train yeah yeah on the East Coast it's known as the New England IPA correct, that's correct. Yep, yep so I uh, ev- and everyone's on this hazy train over here that's like look li- listen to this. There's, there's some great information yeah you know there's some great stuff I, I remember I want to say it was uh Sean Larkin over at Trinity uh, over at uh, revival Brewing Correct where yep. he was talking about how some of the things that some of the crazy things like oh we're trying to make the beer clear and make it clear. nice and you know beautiful and then all of a sudden you get hit with wait a minute no one's filtering their stuff anymore <laughs> what the heck you know yeah. so yeah, I, I think- mean you want to talk on that
1: yeah yeah I was gonna say it's it's funny it's you know this is my first uh, west coast podcast you know I've done a few um you know up in Massachusetts and in places that are nearby and Ro- you know nearby Rhode Island and again you know being a casual beer drinker as of as recent as 2017 you know I've I've uh, become a little bit uh, more in tune with the different styles only over the past three years. And, you know, I had uh, at that time, you know, I was drinking like Harpoon and Sierra Nevada and, you know, some of the bigger craft beer um, companies out there. And uh, I had only known kind of the West coast, if you will, you know, style IPA, which is not hazy, you know, and it's, it's got a little more bitterness to it. And and I actually love that. I like the New England style IPA by the way as well, but, you know, having them so uh, frequently over the past couple of years, I've actually started to drink more of the West Coast again. Um, but yeah, you know, Sean uh, from from Revival, he's you know one of the Godfathers of the craft beer scene in Rhode Island. You know, he's been in the game for you know twenty some odd years or whatever. I think he said half of his life. Um, and so he was kind of a classically trained brewer, where you wanted to be, you know, the beers to be clear and to do what the styles called for. And, you know, obviously over the past, what, six years or so, I forget the exact time in which, you know, the New England style really took fi- you know, caught fire. But, you know, at least since 2014, people have been really, really pushing that style hard and and he was reluctant at first, but that's what people were, were looking for. And so he now has a couple different New England style offerings as well. Um, but it's, you know, it's interesting in that across the country, people are really pushing the envelope and trying to create these new styles. Whereas if you do talk to some of the, the older school people, you know, it was really about having the, the cleanest, you know, beers possible and, and doing everything by the book, you know, back in uh, you know, learning from, from the German brewers and Austrian brewers and you name it. So uh, uh, it's just, but it's cool to just learn about, you know, how people decided to kind of take it in their own direction, you know?
0: I think mean, that's the great part. I mean, you mentioned the German breweries and we just had, um, and my last episode, we met with uh, these uh, guys from uh, we have a v- local virtual uh, beer festival they're doing, mm-hmm. which was the first one was a hit. This next one's going to be uh, more of an Oktoberfest type theme, nice. uh, which unfortunately, due to the pandemic and this coronavirus and all these things going on, we won't really have one, at least not out here for sure. Right. Uh, you know, you know, the one in uh, Germany out got canceled 100 yeah. percent. So but you said, you know, like the German style, how they used to do things, you know, very it was very meticulous. You had to make sure there's certain things you had to make sure they were done to the beer before they even allowed it to be brewed and out in those ways, because they were they really, really had this way of brewing. And it's crazy because, you know, uh, you know, Sean specifically talks about how. You know if you would have taught if you would have told someone 10 years ago, 15 years ago, oh, I want to put blueberries in a beer, yeah, they look at you like you're freaking crazy, and you're yeah. like, What the heck, yeah. And I think the most fascinating thing was, you know, learning about not only the stories of these breweries, but knowing that a lot of these brewers, like, they all started from, you know, you had you had Mr. uh, uh, what who was that here? Give me one moment, uh, you had Nick Garrison, who was an yeah. aerospace guy, yeah. you know, and you know. Sean again, he started out from the culinary area. Um, and then uh, Matt Richardson from Tilted, yeah. he was he came from education and science. Yeah. So it's like yeah. all these like crazy things, and you got it's it's just really really um almost moving and almost like kind of like, you know what, shoot, I'll do it. You know, everyone yeah. started off af- as a home brewer. Yeah, like, have you thought about doing your home brew? Have you tried the home brewing yet?
1: It's, it's funny that, uh, you know, having done this movie, you would think that I, you know, would be someone that, you know, has a has a beer brewing next to me. But I honestly have never brewed beer in my life. You know, my my background um, or my, I should say my uh, my, my mental capacity uh, or, or the, my personality is just not fit for that. I'm kind of like a scatterbrain. And so I have a real big picture approach to a lot of things that I do. And, you know, as Matt Richardson said, you know, there's, there's a lot of science involved and you have to know a lot about that. My brain just doesn't work that way at all. Um, my brother-in-law, Nick, actually has Homebrewed. Uh, so he's one of the, the four of us uh, in our company that that's done it. Um, and uh, but that's, you know, that, that's exactly seemingly how every single person almost in the United States that that is getting into the scene kind of started. And, um, you know, they, that allows for them to experiment with different styles and like you said, throwing blueberries into it or whatever it is. I know Dogfish Head, you know, kind of sort of invented that when they were throwing all sorts of stuff. In fact, I think I just saw a documentary um, pretty recently where Sam Calgon of uh, Dogfish Head said that his first beer he ever brewed, he found like these, like these cherries at like a bodega or something like that and chucked them in. And he's like, Oh, it was awesome. So um, (laughs) no, I, I, I actually have not brewed myself. Um, But that doesn't mean that I'm not willing to try, you know, any style of beer that any home brewer can brew and, and hopefully, uh, you know, they can turn it into a business if that's what they're passionate about. Um, And I'm glad you brought up Matt as well from Tilted Barn because, you know, out West, I'm not expecting, you know, everyone in California to know everything about Rhode Island breweries, but I, I bet you that most people have heard of Tilted Barn, you know, they're arguably the, probably the best uh, brewery in the state, you know, according to anyone that you would talk to. Um, And, and so, know people are are out there listening you know you've probably heard of tilted barn brewery which is like five minutes from my house right now by the way so uh so it's pretty great
0: i remember hearing watching you know when you guys interviewed some of the the patrons there, the guests of the of the brewery Mm -hmm. they're talking about one particular gentleman talked about how his uber driver had to make this uh turn into this dirt pathway and and like where am i taking you guys and uh, there you go you show up and it's this amazing you know brewery in the barn and you know, I know he mentioned towards the end of the movie where, you know, they're looking to expand and yeah. they need to be moving. Obviously, this is a couple of years ago. I want yeah. to see you guys filmed this in 2018, I want to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we started in, in late 2017 and finished in, uh, in April of 19. So it was like a two year process. Um, and I'm happy to report, by the way, uh, regarding Tilted Barn. Um, they are building a new brewery. It's almost complete. I, in fact, I think that they plan on opening it. Uh, either next month or in October. And again, it's five minutes from my house. My wife, my wife and I just moved from Providence down to the Southern part of the state where Tilted Barn is. And um, it's gonna be beautiful. It's still right on their property. Cause they, I think uh, in the movie, they talk about the fact that they own the farmland where their brewery is on. Um, and it's just kind of in the front of their of their farmland now, not like right in front of their house where <laughs> they have four kids and there's all these people coming up to their, to their house basically to get their beer. So it's a little bit, you know, more private, but um, it's again, if you're in California and you're looking to make a trip to Rhode Island, um, you absolutely have to hit up the New Tilted Barn when everyone's allowed to travel again. So,
0: I mean, I've talked to a colleague from my, you know, my job, my nine to five, mm-hmm. and he's from uh, the Massachusetts area. Every time I talk yeah. to him, you know, he talks about how great that whole area is, and mm-hmm. he's someone who 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 I've actually. Pushed into the direction of the New England IPA. Yeah, and he, he wasn't a—I mean, a Marine guy, you know—who was out deployed and you know and overseas for a long time. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really got experience in any of that craft beer until technically until he met me and I showed, gave him a beer and I was like, "Hey, try this one." And every time he goes somewhere, he, he calls me, "Hey, um, I'm here. I see this in front of me. Should I get this?" And I'm like, "Nope, don't yeah. get that. And Anything else better?" You know? I'm looking for a hazy all right, look for anything that says N-E-I-P-A or Hazy. <laughs> and then he goes, okay, okay. And goes, what do you mean? It's, it's from New England? He goes, I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, no wonder it's so good being yeah. that he's from that area, you know? He's yeah, like, go. oh. So, I mean, I am definitely on that bandwagon right now. I am yeah. guilty, you know. Um, Bruising Cues has only been around for about four years now. Actually, we mm-hmm. just hit four years in July. Congratulations. And, and we... Well, thank you. And we, we start, we, we, we're not beer experts. We're, we're just craft beer enthusiasts. And, mm-hmm. and we've been before then we really didn't know anything about craft beer. All we knew there was breweries in orange yeah. County, and a lot of them. And we started going to one and going to another one. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we went from the 20, 30 that we had tried and five of those already closed and 20 more have opened. So yeah, that's the crazy part of this industry. I mean, how how big is the industry out in your area
1: yeah that's a great question and um i i before i answer i just want to uh i'd be remiss if i didn't mention you know i I told you off camera that uh uh my my wife uh at the time my wife (laughs) currently my wife we were dating at the time we traveled out to san diego in 2014 and um again i wasn't as big of a fan then but i wish i'd gone to you know like stone because i think stone is like around san diego if i'm not mistaken right so everywhere uh, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, everywhere now, including Germany. Actually, I think they built a the brewery out there. But uh, but I wish we had gone to the Stone Brewery um, back then. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think what we're seeing now with um, with Rhode Island, you know, from again probably around 2014 till till now, uh, the explosion happened, and there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, as we point out in the movie, there were two major laws that that got changed. One in 2013, and then another in 2016. The 2016 law allowed for much more offsite consumption. You know, People could go and buy cans and take them offsite. Now Rhode Island probably has the most draconian laws as far as that uh, is concerned still, um, but it was better than what it once was. And what that did was allow for a lot of breweries to open. So right now I believe we are at uh, around 28 breweries in the state. And uh, interestingly, we've really only had, as far as I know in this latest iteration of the craft beer scene in Rhode Island, we've only had like one brewery, maybe two closed which is you know pretty good um you know considering the fact that we are in the midst of a pandemic and people seem to be hanging on there was a report by the brewers association a few months back that said like 40 percent of the nation's breweries were in danger of closing you know things didn't get better quickly and so so far we've been able to avoid that um we're starting to look at massachusetts you know and, and learn a little bit more about that scene too and i think at their peak they had over 200 breweries i think they're under that now but not by much And, um, but to to answer your question, as far as, you know, you have five clothes and 20 open, I think that you'd rather have that than 20 clothes and five open. Right. And, um, you know, people think that there's a saturation point, but I don't, I don't necessarily see it that way because, you know, you and I are good examples of this where, you know, we were not these craft beer aficionados and these geeks and all this stuff. We were just casual drinkers. And, and a lot of people will become casual craft beer drinkers and, I just think that the scene, believe it or not, is still pretty young. And I think that there's a lot more people out there who, once they try it, they'll love it. And so I think that there's more room for growth um, in the coming years.
0: I mean, absolutely. I mean, when I got started in the craft beer industry, in the craft beer scene, I mean, I was one. I, I didn't like anything better. I'll be 100%. Okay. I hated the bitterness. It was hoppy, all that hoppiness. Yeah. It was not my thing. It was actually a friend of mine. Who now moved out to Idaho? Who, who then in 2014, yeah, you know, we he took me to these bars I had these, you know, fancy beers I would call it yeah, at the time, yeah. and and he's like, yeah, try this, you'll like it. It's it's eight point something percent. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, like okay, that makes it great. And I tried it. I remember trying it. I was like, oh, this is bitter. And then I mean, I used to be the kind of guy who I, all I would drink is Blue Moon shock yeah. top and that yeah. was my that was the extent of my my you know uh experimenting of beers you know mm-hmm. uh, I'm always a fan of a good half uh and then when I got into it it was like I, I I and I tell him I told him my last podcast episode was I haven't touched a half in a good three yeah. years four years because yeah. it's I, I I crave the bitterness now I crave yeah. the happiness that that's that aroma that hates you yep. and it's just crazy I i the crazy part with that, I, I, I love the thing about the movie you did was, it was, you, you definitely showcased the breweries and the brewers, mm-hmm. but I love the, the showcasing of the history behind Thank the you. beer and beer. Um, uh, uh, what's the one I'm looking for? The beer history of the area. Um, yeah. You know, I'm my favorite. I got, I really started paying Clamoy even more. I, I was trying to take more notes while I was listening to watching it again. On, yes. Last night, but mm-hmm. definitely when you guys talk, when you talk to, uh, uh, what is it over there it's for that guy? Game. There you go, that one yeah. right there. Dude, okay. that, that whole thing, man. There was a lot of history just with that. I mean, from
1: yeah, the
0: Braves, the Red Sox, yep. everything. I mean, so I mean, how how I mean, how what is the, okay? I just start off by saying that I'm a big Red Sox hater. So
1: <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> I an angel, everyone is this year. I mean, they really suck this year. So it's, it's I forgive uh, you now.
0: Well, I'm an Angel fan, so it's not that much forgiveness there. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're pretty bad there, anyways. But yeah. I, I, I mean, the history behind how these, the names and the and and oh, have a ganset or you know, yeah. hello neighbor, that whole yeah. the guy yes. from uh, the what was his name? He went from they um, went to the new the new broadcaster, correct? Oh, from the,
1: Dowdy, the, yeah. The, yeah, 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 yeah I'm, uh, legendary Red Sox broadcaster, yeah.
0: I mean, those things are crazy. And just the animation, the history behind Dr. Seuss and then involvement yep. in it. I mean, those are great things. And I'm not trying to give out a lot of it because I want people to go and actually go buy this movie sure, or even rent sure, sure. it if they want. But yep. I love the, 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 the history behind it. You know, uh, you have... Uh Brent Ryan over from Newport Craft where he talks mm-hmm. about how Jimmy Carter in the late 70s passed that legislation yep, where yep. where you can homebrew. And, yeah. and I, no one knows about that. No no one really pays attention to those little details of sure. who's the one that behind the, the allow us to do these amazing activities. In this case, that amazing activity was home brewing. Yeah, Thanks, Jimmy yeah. Carter.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. I think um you know, again, being being a history teacher um, and having to entertain you know sophomores and seniors in high school, um, you know, make them interested in in history. Um, you know, I think that that I think that played well into developing the story with uh, you know with Narragansett, and with Newport Craft, and some of some of those um, because again, you know, not everyone is looking for you know to get their. You know their faces exploded with you know eight point six you know triple IPAs and things like that. Sometimes people just want to hear the the cool entrepreneurial stories and the history behind things. And uh, and yeah, we're very lucky with with Narragansett in particular. Um, you know they're celebrating now uh, hundred and thirty years. You know they they started in eighteen ninety and they had a you know the brewery closed in nineteen eighty three, but it was the brand was bought back in two thousand and five. Uh, and you know you, you you touched upon the fact that like. They're in, you know, the, Captain Quentin is crushing a Narragansett beer in the movie Jaws. You know what I mean? Like, no, nobody else has that. And, you know, they were the first major beer sponsor of any professional sports franchise with the Braves and then the Red Sox. Nobody has that, you know. And, and then um, uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, and then Dr. Seuss, of course, as well. And, uh, you know, I think that speaks to the charm of New England in general because we had so much of that stuff, you know, up here, whether it's New Hampshire or Massachusetts or Rhode Island um and you know those guys there at narragansett i think they're the 31st largest craft brewery in the country so they're pretty large and they were they had us back like four or five times you know anytime I, i needed something from them they were there and even now in terms of you know helping to promote the movie they're still there they're actually moving to a new brewery in providence um that's also opening like in october or something like that but um but those guys were great and then you know you also pointed out brent ryan from newport craft who they were literally the only craft brewery in Rhode Island back in 1999, other than some brew pubs. But um, you know, those guys were pioneers as well, and it's because of people like that that the scene even exists to what it is today. Um, you know, if it weren't for that, uh, then then you know we would probably be you know a blip on the radar rather than like I said before. You know, if you look at some of some of the breweries we have, they're highly highly rated across the country. Whether it's Again, tilted barn or proclamation, and I think we have a couple others that are kind of on the rise as well. Um, and so, um, you know, it's a small state, but that allows for us to get to all the breweries pretty quickly too. So, and I want—I wanted to add one more thing quickly. While well, uh, you mentioned you're an Angels fan, so this hat that I have is—is uh, is actually an LA Dodgers hat, It's a Brooklyn Dodgers hat. But I actually got it at Chavez Ravine when uh, when we were out there on that trip that I keep talking about. So complete. You know, happenstance that I'm wearing it today because I usually wear a different hat. But um, but maybe I subconsciously knew I was talking to you. Although I, I I was wondering if you were a Dodgers fan or an Angels fan, but you're an Angels fan. So
0: definitely, I'm a I'm a Angels fan. I'm a Chargers football, and then I'm not really a hockey guy. But if I had to go for one, it'd have to be the Anaheim Ducks. Sorry, wow, it has to well, that, they, but...
1: they won a cup though, haven't I? I? Was gonna the Kings. I just realized I completely forgot that they had won two cups. Uh, like twenty. 12 and 2014, but the Ducks won a cup. Um, I forget what year, but they definitely won one, right?
0: You know what? You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm, the fan because they're just here. They're the local they're just, team. They're, yeah, they're just the local team. I've gone in my lifetime one to one game, and it was due to yeah. a friend of mine who has season tickets, and you know, but it's, it's one of those things. I mean, I, I grew up. I uh, lived in San Diego for yeah. a few years, so that's where my Chargers. You yep. know, thing came about, and then we moving to here in to 1997 to the Orange County area, mm-hmm. and and being part of the as a kid, being part of the boys and girls clubs in the our local area, you know, they always support the local teams, and that's yeah, how course. my love for the Angels came by. Nice. So, I mean, I think I've been a fan of Angels since ninety seven. No one can take that away from me.
1: Well, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, you do have a World Series, you know, in that time, and uh and then obviously you have Mike Trout now. So, so all is not bad, right? exactly trout. yeah yeah, trout actually i just saw today uh his like <laughs> there this one of a kind rookie card of his just sold for like 3.2 million dollars at auction so crazy a, amount yeah, crazy amount, biggest uh, sale ever i believe um but uh yeah and then the dodgers have mookie betts so he used to be on our team but he, he isn't anymore unfortunately
0: i'm i'm a trauma i'm, a, I'm a definitely angels fan but this, but but man Trout needs to be careful angels gotta be careful with those padres man because that that one new little young guy there oh,
1: he's, he's, yeah. hitting, he's,
0: he's awesome. hitting some bombs yeah, man. He he's is. hitting some major bombs and despite the whole the little controversy with the unspoken rule unwritten yeah. rule thing earlier but the, the the kids he's young let him swing away yeah. you know man. just let him go
1: yeah but, i i love the padres too i again not not that uh not that I'm not a Red Sox fan, because I am, but um, you know they have some exciting players, Tatis and Paddock, and a few other guys that they have. So uh, I'd like to see them do well. Um, I, they're kind of like a second or third team for me if I, if the Red Sox are out of it. So
0: that's great. You know that's 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 where that's, I think everyone wants that for their team, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean,
0: I, I can't wait to see some of these craft beer industries get into the uh, maybe not sponsorship of uh, of a team, but maybe get their t- their beer inside. Yeah. Stadium. It's kind of hard nowadays because most of these these fields and these stadiums are somehow one or other involved with, you know, either Coors, Bud yeah. Light or something yeah. else. So it's a little tricky with that. But I mean, I, I hope for the best of them. I really want them to do to exceed and just be great. I yeah. Mean,
1: yeah. That, that's interesting <clears> when you bring <throat> that up because, um, you know, the, the little that I've looked into Massachusetts, actually. So Wormtown Brewery, which is out of Worcester, Massachusetts, Um they actually have like a brew pub or a restaurant at Gillette stadium um, or, or in Patriot place, which is where Gillette stadium is. And then I think I just read that Jack's Abbey, which is in uh, in Massachusetts as well is the official beer sponsor of the Boston Celtics. Um, so uh, again, we haven't been able to go to any stadiums, you know, at least in five months. And I, I probably haven't been to a professional game in, in over a year, um, but hope you're right. I, hopefully that, you know, at least in terms of, uh, you know a tap or two um you know some of these craft beers are, are starting to get into these stadiums so that's i think that's one step forward you know for sure
0: absolutely i mean there's a local brewery in my area backstreet brewing and yeah. they actually they got their beer now in actually in disneyland so oh, awesome. they actually met with disneyland disneyland actually they brewed a beer specifically for them that's awesome. and uh, uh that's what they talk about it i uh, i heard um, <clears throat> excuse me i heard it in a different podcast with them and you know, that's great for them. And I really hope that, you know, they can do that. I've seen some other breweries in our local area, um, you know, in Orange County that they've, I've seen them in Knott's Berry Farm, Knott's Berry Farm, uh, Cedar Farms, Mm -hmm. uh, Cedar Fair thing. So there, I see some of their beer out there uh, and it's, it's just, it's crazy. And I really want them to, like I said, I want them to excel and and go out there, man. No, And I love how, you know, all these breweries, it's, yeah, they want to make a name for themselves and want to succeed, mm-hmm. but they're also supportive of one of other yeah. and making sure that they're all, you know, exceeding together. That's yeah, why they make yeah. these collabs and things and, yeah. and all that. Yeah. But they, I think they, one of my, one of my oh, greatest ahead. thing, I, my one other thing I, I want to say about collab yeah, yeah, yeah. is you had well, Mr. Uh, uh, Proclamation uh, did a collab with that local donor shop yeah. and I just just the sweetness in my mouth, I could just taste it just the, the donut as I, I could I was crazy.
1: Yeah, they uh that was at uh, the twenty twenty eighteen Ocean State Beer Fest. And um it was funny that so the the owner there, Dave Witham, uh is a character as you can see throughout the movie. Again, not to give too much away, but uh he's really the the comic relief in the movie. And um, you know, that that day at that beer festival, he's pouring that stout for me and he's explaining it you know, that it's got donuts in it and it's got all this stuff. And, um, and it was like 13% and you, you try it and it didn't taste like 13% at all. You know, and he only gave me, you know, what, like a four ounce cup and I took a couple of sips. But um, yeah, I mean, that was kind of like a sort of a joke. Like they just wanted to make a ridiculous beer. But but I also think that that speaks to the creativity of all these breweries that they have their their flagships or whatever, but they also like to experiment and get creative and. Um, you know, have these unique offerings at their breweries. So that's kind of the only place that you can go, go and get them. And you just spoke, uh, you know, a moment ago about the, about the collabs, whether it's with, you know, other companies or whether it's within breweries. Um, and, and at least in Rhode Island, and I'm sure this is the case elsewhere, that um, there was uh, just the other day, one of, I think someone's canning line broke down or something like that. And one of the other breweries in Rhode Island, you know, brought the kegs over to their brewery and canned the beers for them. And, you know, that's great because, you know, it, it, it is a competition because obviously you can't go to two breweries at once. But at the same time, you know, I'm of the belief that if everyone succeeds, that's better than, you know, one person succeeding and everyone sinking. So, uh, you know, I'm sure that that's probably pretty similar in California, although, you know, the, the breweries are probably more spread out, I'm guessing. Um, but, but the scene, the craft beer scene across the country, I think, is exactly collaborative and cooperative with one another rather than competitive. You know
0: so and i think that's great i mean yeah i mean in orange county i mean it, we have over 30 plus craft beer uh mm-hmm. breweries, and i mean i we've been doing this for four years and we still haven't gotten every single one
1: yeah and yeah. you know
0: one one closes one opens mm-hmm. another closing up. but we've had uh, a brewery around here uh, uh green cheek beer company that uh bought you know when the one one uh the craft beer craft breweries actually closed down. They bought their establishment, and mm-hmm. another one closed down. They bought their establishments. So now they're mm-hmm. on both the north end of Orange County and the south end of Orange oh, County. So, so it's like, hey, you guys are onto something here, you know? But yeah, uh, I think a lot of our our breweries are s- somewhat close to each other in a way where you can take a two minute drive. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an area uh in, in down in um, central Orange County called uh. Costa Mesa, and okay. in Costa Mesa they have uh, they have this one area where there's three, four, breweries, tap rooms, and just walking distance. Oh, and that's it's awesome. just, Like, three of them are just in like across the street, like you mm-hmm. zigzag and it's you're right there. You go through all three of them. Mm-hmm. The fourth one's a little bit of a walk, but like I say, it's it's a walk, and yeah. that's crazy because you don't really see a lot of that stuff around here. But Anaheim has just plummeted like just exploded with the amount of craft breweries out here mm-hmm. and uh, a few years ago the mayor of uh, Anaheim I forget his name then but he compared he wanted Anaheim because he's such a craft beer enthusiast himself yeah. he wanted Anaheim to be the next Portland
1: that's he wanted to be, yeah. and that's
0: where he came with uh, I believe he's the one he, who, who called it Bruheim and mm-hmm. then little do you know a few years after that, you have we have a brewery now here called Bruheim. Nice. and it's it's not too far from Anaheim. I mean, Anaheim Stadium or any of those areas. So um, you mentioned you know earlier that you have about twenty eight or so yeah, yeah breweries in the state. Now, when you, when you say the state, you know obviously no one's thinking Rhode Island is 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 a smaller state compared mm-hmm. to California. So and you mentioned that gives it opportunity for to go and visit all the breweries. I wish I could do that here in California, but unfortunately California's a little long. Yeah, that would <laughs> that would,
1: take you, that would take you a while to, to do that. And um, yeah, it's, that's exactly it. And, uh, and again, I, I would love to get back out to California. I loved it when, when we were out there. Um, but, you know, it's not like going to Rhode Island where you go to Rhode Island, you go to Rhode Island. You can go anywhere. You can go to Newport. You can go to Providence. You can go, you know, to the northern part of the state, the southern part of the state. You go to California. You know, we went, as I told you, you know, in San Diego, we made it up to L.A., you know, and we were there for a week. You know, we're not getting up to Sacramento and getting up to these other parts because it's just impossible. So I have to do you know, your state in segments. Um, but what's interesting, you just said about, um, you know, having the, the four breweries like within walking distance of one another. I think that speaks to and I'm not familiar with the California laws, but the Rhode Island laws, as I said earlier, are really, really restrictive. And you actually couldn't even like pull that off in rhode island if you wanted to you couldn't have um still a brewery owned two breweries like you couldn't have a you know foolproof location a and foolproof location b um you you might be able to do it with like a brew pub or something like that which i think uh one of the breweries is starting to look look into doing but you know to my point earlier about the the antiquated laws that we have in rhode island it's like this scene has been exploding for nearly a decade now if not longer And even within New England, Rhode Island is completely ass backwards with all of it. You know, we're not we're not we don't allow what Massachusetts or New Hampshire or Vermont do or really any any of them, even Maine or Connecticut. Um, And so that's interesting to hear, you know, in California, even for as big of a state it is that, like, you have an area where there's literally like four breweries within, you know, like you said, a two minute walk or whatever. And, um, you know, and you would think that that would be competitive. But what happens is people end up going to all of them. And so they just end up spending more money, but they they share all of that money amongst the four breweries rather than only being able to hit one and then go home. So that's I think that's an interesting point that, you know, hopefully someday in Rhode Island we'll have that too.
0: Yeah, and you, you mentioned, you know, maybe it's because of a, they have like a brew pub sort of thing where they have to sell food and type of like mm-hmm. taproom type thing. So thinking about it now, uh, yeah, you know, actually the two breweries in Orange County that have two locations, one of their locations is a a kind of like what you just spoke about it's a little sit down area where you have to you order food and you yeah. order beer and when i order food i mean like chicken wings and fries i mean it's yeah. like sandwiches and burgers and yeah. very very um i don't know how what if you guys have these are like very very bjs like mm-hmm. uh I don't know, so very like that as in you have to sit down order food oh then you get a beer type thing right uh, right so that's kind of crazy that you mentioned. that Maybe that's to do. I'm not too familiar with the California laws here either. Right. So, but I, I think that that could possibly be it because those are only two breweries that I know that have two locations. Actually, no, three breweries. Are not thinking about it, and they all have. They all sell food. The second location sells food. Right, right. So maybe something like that. Go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say that sounds like what it probably is. Um, you know, because there's different licensing and things like that for just a, a regular manufacturing brewery versus like you said, a licensed brew pub where you you brew small batch on on site and then you but you're really selling the burgers and the nachos and things like that so um but that I mean that's the cool thing too you know like I had said earlier is that each state is is completely different in terms of what they allow for um in you know of their breweries, and you know with our movie, you know the hope is ultimately to do you know some sequels to it, you know depending on where that is because there's the story doesn't really get old I mean yes, you can ask the same question oh, how did you get started? And the answer is probably, oh, I was a home brewer. But at the same time, all the histories are different. You know, all the laws are different. All the personalities are different. And so, you know, we really hope to uh, to be able to continue to investigate, you know, these different states as we move forward.
0: What are what are some of the challenges you you and your team experienced when uh, filming for this uh, movie? I mean, yeah. other, than, other than, of course, the challenge with, I believe you said PBS at the beginning?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was... Uh, that was <laughs> In retrospect, I call that less of a challenge and more of a blessing in disguise. I think I had said, you know, in another interview that I did, that we, you know, maybe we were a little bit short-sighted and, you know, thinking like, oh, you know, maybe we can get some money for it and it will be good. But that some money would have been negligible, and and then we would have been, you know, only people in Rhode Island would have ever seen our movie. And so, um, you know, I think uh, when When people watch this movie, I think one of the surprising things is the fact that we completed the entire thing with four people, uh, which is literally just the four of us in our company. And, you know, I've I've watched a lot of movies and, you know, and and you look, I'm always fascinated by the credits and you see, you know, even in some documentaries, you know, 50, 100 people working on these things and um, which is great. But, you know, you can imagine what the budgets must be for, for stuff like that. So I think we have an advantage where, you know, uh, our agent Therese said that we're a commando crew, you know, we can kind of get in and out. And, you know, my, my team, my sister, my brother and and brother-in-law are are multi-talented, you know, they can handle audio, video, droning. Uh, We recorded our our own music for most of the movie. So like, we literally do everything. And so that in and of itself wasn't a challenge. The only challenge was obviously the fact that there was only four of us. Um, And then in terms of, you know, I think the biggest challenge was the fact that we're, we're part time. You know, like I said, I have a full time job as a teacher and, you know, the rest of them you know, have their full time jobs, too. And so we couldn't we couldn't just take a month and then go filming everything we needed and then edit it. And then the movie's out in three months. You know, as I said, it took us you know, two and a half years to get this thing out here. And so moving forward, if we're going to do a sequel, you know, I don't think we can work within that window. I think we have to, you know, work within a six month to a year window because, you know, maybe the, the story gets stale quickly. Um, and so I think that'll be a challenge moving forward is, is figuring out the time to go and hit, you know, some different breweries, depending on where we go and uh, and put out a movie in a timely fashion where if we had 100 people, it'd be much easier to do that, obviously.
0: And then, of course, I'm sure everyone's wondering, where 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 are we doing this next? Where, what's the next area will Rhode Island's off the checklist? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: Yeah that's a great uh, question. Um, I, we, we don't know yet um, necessarily. I have been doing some digging and uh, looking into some different scenes, you know, I think the pandemic makes it a little bit more difficult because I'm pretty sure that Rhode Islanders are barred from traveling anywhere right now, um, even if we were to go into Massachusetts, I think we have to self quarantine for, <laughs> for 14 days, you know, upon traveling back, so even if we were to go in Massachusetts and do it, you know, that would be a long process. Um, I mentioned that our, uh, distribution companies out in Portland, Oregon, and they actually did want us to come out to Oregon and, uh, and potentially do a sequel there, you know, but obviously that's probably on the back burner right now because of the pandemic. So, um, if I had to answer the question without copping out my answer, I would say that the most likely destination for a sequel would probably be, um, a new England state, you know, obviously because of the proximity to, to Rhode Island and the feasibility of getting it done. Um. But, you know, I would I would absolutely love to get out to California. I'd love to get over to Texas, you know, get out to, to Oregon as well, um, because I just think that, you know, each state has such a rich history. And, um, you know, I, I just love adventures. And so, you know, I, I would love to travel up and down, you know, the Pacific Coast Highway in California and check out all the breweries that you guys have out there. You know, but realistically, that's probably not in the cards, you know, at least for the next couple of years. Uh, but I do think that you know we have a good brand with with this movie, and uh, you know, luckily we're we're on TV. You know, hopefully a second one would would also uh, find you know that that same traction and get on TV. And uh, so I, I would say that's an advantage. And and so right now we're kind of looking at you know what the next what the next state the next state that makes sense you know for us. So so we'll see. Um,
0: definitely, but, definitely. I mean, especially with the current limitations as well, and and then you know. Like you said it. This is technically your part-time gig. Yeah, your full-time yeah. gig. You know, you're busy about 180 days of the year. So yeah, um, and and you mentioned, you know, uh, that you at the beginning that you were a social studies mm-hmm. history teacher, yeah. the high school level. I mean, I'm sure that probably helped you your research and you know trying to get the right information for you know a lot of these interviews you were doing because yeah. there's a lot of history involved, you know. Uh, I'm sure you probably had a quote unquote fat ch- fact check a lot of the stuff to make sure it was it was proper.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an excellent question that you that you bring up. Um, you know, when you when you're doing a documentary, you're relying on the people that you're interviewing to be honest with you. Um, and but at the same time, there are things that are that you can fact check and, and some things that are glaring. Um, and I don't think that there was anything egregious in the things that we learned about but you know let's say that you're doing you know that that you're talking about the law changes and things like that and then you either get the year of the law change incorrect or you get the actual law incorrect like that's kind of devastating to what you're doing because then you know people don't believe anything that you say in the documentary um and Mm -hmm. so i think that it definitely did help that that i do have that training and that background as a historian and as a political scientist because you know, not only in terms of like enjoying reading and learning about this stuff and figuring out how to formulate the right questions and try to, you know, get the, get the brewers to kind of answer the way that you want them to answer. Um, it also helped me immensely in terms of just tracking down which breweries we were going to go to and figuring out who I needed to get in touch with, you know, to talk to the people who were going to be in our movie. And, um, you know, I think that that's, I think it's harder than, than, it might seem to do that because, you know, I think a lot of people can have aspirations about doing X, Y, and Z, but sometimes you just don't know how to get from A to Z. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of help in doing that, but I, I definitely think that my training uh, as a historian did help with that part of it for sure. You know, but at the same time, if I didn't have the rest of my team, then I would just be writing a book about craft beer instead of, instead of doing <laughs> a movie. So, um, but I think it all came together well.
0: When you talked or you just spoke about how, you know, you guys had to, you know, choose which breweries and which yeah. ones you were to talk to. I mean, how many did you reach out to and how many did you actually get, you know, response? I mean, obviously you got some good response from a lot yeah. of breweries. Um, and how many did you attempt to reach out to and yeah. you just got zero response from?
1: Yeah, that's a another awesome question. Um, I, I'll answer it like this. We had we had targets in mind, obviously, Tilted Barn and Proclamation, arguably the, the two top. Um, breweries in, in the state with regard to how people perceive them uh, nationwide. We knew we wanted to get them in there. And, and fortunately, those guys were awesome and, and said, yes, we knew we wanted Narragansett in there because, you know, how can you not have 130 years of history in your movie? I mean, they're the, the heart and soul of the Rhode Island craft beer scene, you know, for a century. So we, we had luckily those guys gave us the time of day and that was great. Um, And then there were some other targets, but I will say that, you know, towards the end, when we were kind of rounding out who we wanted in there, we had a few people that like, for example, Long Live Beer Works in Providence, Rhode Island, they're also regarded as one of the top breweries in our state, you know, across the country. And I was on the phone with Armando, the owner there, and uh, we just couldn't work out a schedule as to when we could come in and do the interview, but they were absolutely a target. And, you know, we're kind of kicking ourselves for not having him in there because they're so highly regarded. Um, you know, and then we had a couple of others that we wanted to get in there. For example, Graysale and down in Westerly, Rhode Island, where we were originally a Target. And we just couldn't work out something with them. Um, and then to finish the, the, the answer, um, you know, one of my favorite people in the craft beer industry, Efren Hidalgo of Providence Brewing Company, I knew nothing about him and his brewery barely opened. And we met him at Ocean State Beer Fest and he's like, hey, what are you doing? And we we're like, oh, we're doing a documentary. You want to be in it? And that's how that's literally how they were in the movie. Uh, we had no plans of getting them in the movie. He just introduced himself, and here he is. And then the last story that I'll tell, with regard to this answer, is Linesider Brewing Company in East Greenwich, Rhode Island, who were the first ones to do uh, a specialty beer for us called the Craft Rhode Island. Um, one of their owners is Dan Copen, who is a two-time Super Bowl champion from the New England Patriots. Um, and so I was like, "Damn, it would be awesome to have a Super Bowl champion in our movie." And they were opening on Good—I keep saying Good Friday on Black Friday uh of 2018 and i got their email from the executive director of the rhode island brewers guild and it was just a shot in the dark and i emailed them and they got back to me that night and they're like hey come on in tomorrow or for our grand opening and that's how they got in the movie and you know dan Copin's two super bowl rings are in the movie and all that stuff as you saw and um so i think that was that was pretty cool you know people seeing hey there's a there's an nfl player in this movie let's check it out and and that was kind of dumb luck the way that that unfolded so Again, we had some targets and then we had some that were kind of lucky.
0: So, I think that's a great because I was asking, I was going to ask, like, like a lot of these other places you visited, you were, it was very one on one, very personal. And then you have yeah. the, that brewery where it's like, boom, everything going on in the background yeah, 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 yeah. and all this background noise, which was great. I think it was, yeah. I think it added just that sense like that. I was, what was I'm trying to find the word, but you almost, it was a good feeling like, wow, this is real. Like they're here at this brewery and they're yeah, talking to them yeah. in person there. I almost felt I was there. And then talking to a lot of the patrons that they were there, I was like, that was amazing. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I, I you mentioned Efren, you know, earlier and just when you started your answer. But I, I, I don't want to give it away, but I love the scene where there's something that gets delivered and he has to sign for it there at the end of it. I, you know, I, everyone, you got to go watch it. Cause it's really, it's kind of funny. I, I thought it was funny. I was like, and then I went, mm, I want some of that. Let me go order some now, you know, I won't yeah, give it away. Cause I want people to go watch it.
1: Yeah. I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, that's exactly it. You know, you, you talked about how it kind of, you know, you don't just, we have, the the movie to begin with is pretty heavy on interview style. you know, it's kind of the type of documentary that I generally like, um, you know, because you want these people to tell their stories, but at the same time, if it's just a bunch of, a bunch of interview, you know, that's not really compelling. And so we did try to have a mixture of, you know, some live, you know, brewery scenes and things like that, because the movie is supposed to be an overview of the Rhode Island beer scene. And if you're in Orange County, California, and you don't, you've never been to Rhode Island and don't know what the scene is like, well, you know, an interview is not really going to get you there. But if you actually see what these breweries look like, and, the people enjoying themselves, you know, and and how the process takes place. I think that adds an element. And, you know, if we do end up doing a sequel, you know, I think that we hope to, to showcase, you know, what the actual state is like, you know, we want the interviews, but we also want to show what the tourism is like and all of that. I think that adds for a much more compelling story. So hopefully we'll do that.
0: And then uh, there was a scene in the movie and, and where you're talking to the guys over a proclamation
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um you know I, there was a quote that he said and i think it's a very very kind of blanket quote that, ex- that pretty much explains the craft beer and in- the craft beer industry is mm-hmm. you know the brewing industry is a lifestyle yeah and essentially that's the, the truth of it yeah. you know but the great part about it is that it's a lifestyle that anyone can get into because it's a, mm-hmm. such a broad variety of different brewer, uh, yeah. uh, beers, yeah. whether you're a stout, a porter fan, whether you're a lager, whether you're a hazy, whether you're a West Coast. I mean, the list can go on and on. Yeah, whether you're right. single, double, triple, quad IPA, it's, right. eight, it's there for you. I personally don't go past double IPA, but uh, hey, <laughs> if you want to go there, go for it. You know, And I think yeah. that's the great part
1: about it. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Actually. Uh, I do have a triple IPA in my, in my fridge from Proclamation actually, cause they've done a couple of them, but I, but it's still there. I haven't had it yet. Cause you know, again, it's like 10 or 11%, but so double IPAs is, is generally what I'll, uh, you know, what I'll go for, but yeah, you, know, you can't have a trillion of those, you know, I'll have, I'll have one or two, you know, if I, if I have them, um, you know, and you mentioned stouts and porters and things like that, you know, I'm on a, Kind of more on a lighter you know lager kick you know so so uh, efren actually just did a pilsner for us for the movie and uh, it was actually a cuban key lime pilsner which was awesome unfortunately for you it's only available at his brewery so you know, you, i'm not sure if you'll be able to grab it or not um but you know it, it is a lifestyle and and uh again once the pandemic is over you know it's just fun like it's not that i don't go to restaurants anymore because i do but I'm friends with all these people now. And if I have a Friday night, you know, I have two little kids at home, so sometimes I want to have some time to myself. And I'll go hang out at one of these breweries and hang out with these brewers and you know have a couple beers, and it's it's just a different experience than you know going to a restaurant or even a liquor store or whatever. So um, it, but it is. it's just neat. It's fun, you know every every experience is different. every you know brewer's personality is different. And if people haven't tried it, I, I don't know what they're waiting for as far as, you know, getting to some of these places, whether it's in California or Rhode Island or, you know, Illinois or wherever it might be.
0: I think that's that's a good point. I mean, I think I think the great part about the craft beer industry is that is you can try and not like something. No one has to make you do it again, like try something else. The yeah. point of it is is trying it and i go back to my friend who's you know uh massachusetts uh, native mm-hmm. and he was a guy who was drinking coors banquet <laughs> that was his, that was his beer that you know yeah. and i told him try we t- i took him to a local brewery after work we went i go try this you're going to like this and he goes why am i going to like it just just try it yeah. just try it it's not bitter it's really fruity it's really y mm-hmm. just try it since then, he's he's just, hey, let's go to Salty Bear. Nice. Like, man, it's twelve o'clock. We're at work. No, we can't do that. Yeah. Like, maybe after work. But you yeah. know, it, and that's kind of you know, I, I I I like to push things like that. And and because we were, uh, I have my brother-in-law who I gave him a four-pack of a variety four-pack, a couple of beers that I had extra here, and I go here, mm-hmm. try these. Let me know what you like, and I can tell you where to go get more of that. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that's that's kind of the best thing about the craft beer industry yeah. is that there is a variety to choose from variety styles variety yeah. of flavors everything it's like a buffet of beer
1: yeah absolutely i think that's perfectly said and and uh you know we uh forget to mention sours which is really my sister and uh, and then nick my brother-in-law that it's their thing I, i'm not a huge sour guy although i have begun to like sours more than i used to and you know you you had mentioned that the coors banquet beer my mom wasn't wasn't nearly that bad i mean she she, she liked craft, but she liked kind of the older craft. And um, this is going to sound like a slight on Sam Adams and Harpoon, and it's not at all because I think that their beers are pioneering and they're also still very, very good. But just in terms of the uh, the, the attempt at some new beers that maybe, you know, you didn't know about before, um, you know, my mom, like I said, just, you know, she always drank Harpoon IPA and things like that. And I was like, well, if you like that, you might like this. And so I introduced her to Proclamation and some others. And now, um, you know, now she'll, she'll go a little bit more local. If she's at a restaurant, she'll still buy salmon harpoon. Um, but she, she also is like, Hey Dave, you know, I want to go to proclamation and get their tendril or get this or that. And, um, and so, you know, your, your point to like, just trying something, you know, the craft, the, the micro craft scene, you know, has exactly what kind of some of the bigger ones have. And, um, and again, it's just a different experience and and why not try them all? So, um, I think that's a, a great point that you made. And
0: it's great because you can do it, you know, with these, the uh, the you know flight of beer, the testers, you yeah, know, yeah, the taste yeah. testers, and I mean, uh, I mean, there's a brewery in in the city of Placentia here in Orange County, and it's called the Brewery, it's mm-hmm. spelled B R U E R Y, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> what it is is. I remember when I did when we first went there. This, this is probably like our third brewery we've gone to when we when we started doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we don't know what we like. We don't know what this means. We don't know what all that means. Right. Even the term IBUs. At one point, yep. we're like, what the heck is an IBU? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? And then we were like, you know what? Let's get one because they had a list of. It went from the darkest, or yeah, darkest to the lightest, mm-hmm. and we just went. Let's just get one of every section and just do that. Yeah. Let's just let's just do it, and then what's what we did and and little do we know that a lot of our taste buds, you know, steer to an IPA. And when yep. we started this, you know, we didn't like IPAs. We hated right. the hops. We did not yep. like it. Now we're, we're doing this. And, and I can't go without an IPA now. I can't go without a new England IPA.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's uh well, you definitely have to make a trip over, uh, you know, to, to try the the real deal in in you know, either Rhode, Rhode Island or, or any of the other new England States. But, um, yeah, the IBU thing is funny because, uh, Efren from Providence Brewing Company again. He's got a really, really small brewery, and um, so he loves to experiment and, and try different things. And we were filming one day, and he's like, I forget what the name of the beer was, but it was like over two hundred IBUs or something. It was it was insane, Ooh. and he he just wanted to like go crazy with it. And I tried it, and it like almost burned my tongue off. It was like so
0: Ooh.
1: so so bitter, and and uh, but like. People liked it and they were buying. i will it. say,
0: yeah, people were, do like that.
1: Thing. But he he intended to like just have as much bitterness as he could possibly have in it. And um, again, you know, every, everyone it there's something for everyone, I guess. You know, um, but but that was uh, it was funny that you bring that up because that was like his intention to have as high of a an IBU count as he possibly could. But.
0: You know, and, and and the sour aspect of it, you know, you said, you know, your your wife is more of the sour than your your brother or brother-in-law, I'm sorry. Uh, my sister
1: and my brother-in-law, yeah. They're 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 on the oh
0: they're okay, they're yeah. on the So I mean, we used to have know, a brewery sorry. in the area. I'm sorry.
1: And my wife does like them too, by the way. So <laughs> Okay, okay.
0: So there is a there was a brewery in our area who unfortunately closed down, but they all they did was just sours. And yeah. their name their name was Haparazzi, and I remember We wanted to go try them out. We're, you know, uh, being new to the to the craft beer world. You know, we're like sour. We, I I don't like. I prefer no. Let me rephrase that. I prefer tart over sweet. So I was like, oh, let me give it a shot. Um, they had this one. uh, It was like a Chipotle cherry, uh, sour. Where at one point, at one point, I'm talking to the the brewer and the owner of the brewery, and they were it's a beautiful couple, older older couple, amazing people. And I was like, look, we're from, we Explain who we were, whoever we are doing. And we started talking to them. They're like, you know what? I would love this and just inject a brisket with it. Just, just, yeah. just inject a brisket. And they said, actually, we did it. And it wow. came out delicious. And I was like, I mean, that's crazy, you know? But I've seen so many different sours now and everyone's doing it too. Like everyone has to do it. Now, I, we talked about sours, IPAs, porters. How is any meads out there
1: in terms of you say mead m-e-a-d uh yeah uh, M-E-A-D. or e if there's an e at the end of it or not um no <laughs> actually, the only mead that i had um was at king richard's fair in uh wherever that is in massachusetts and uh full disclosure i maybe i need to try more meads but i haven't i'm not too familiar with meads and in the one that i had i i could kind of do without so um is that becoming a popular thing out in california in terms of like it's are the breweries starting to make them
0: a couple there's a couple breweries that popped up that are specifically doing a meat or or the term they're using now is more of a fruit wine okay they're, yeah, they're yeah. Using now. so they're using that term now there's a couple of um that I yeah. come to mind one specifically is called honeypot meatery uh mm-hmm. in in anaheim again anaheim again so yeah they're, they're saying they're growing anaheim's growing but uh the, the, i mean they're calling it more of a fruit wine yeah. uh, rather than mead, but it's supposed to be sweet. And this one was like eight points something and probably higher. Yeah. And obviously, the bitterness unit is like in the lows, lows, yeah. lows, lows. So, but I mean, I wonder because, I mean, if I had first tried mead uh, when, you know, oh, actually, the girl and I used to go to uh, the... Renaissance festivals and Renaissance yeah, exactly. fairs yep. and of course you know being part you have to be part of that character you know the yep. meat and the beer yep. and all that yep. and I was like, hey wait this thing is how much and I don't have to drink a lot of it to get you know yeah get on get on a good level
1: yep. but, you yeah but yeah that's, that's that exactly, a question that, yeah that's exactly um, that's exactly where I experienced it. again King Richard's Fair and, and this is uh, uh, so we went last year obviously couldn't go this year actually it's in September so but I think it's closed this year but they had like baby, baby tigers there. And actually it was from the, the guy that was in the tiger King movie if or the tiger King documentary if you know, that was that popular over the past, uh, you know, since the pandemic started. Um, but yeah, probably the reason I don't like mead is, uh, is cause I'm not a huge wine drinker. And so, um, know, yeah, I just like, just really don't like wine very much at all. And, and, uh, and so I probably am not the biggest fan of mead for that reason, but, um and as far as i know like i said i don't think that there's any breweries that have kind of gone into that yet although apparently there's kind of an emerging cider scene um in rhode island as well there's a couple of people i've been in touch with the, through instagram that that have like wineries and cideries or whatever they're called and so they probably are starting to make some of that stuff i'm guessing
0: yeah i've seen those pop up too in the yeah. homebrew yeah. kits, you know the homebrew kits i've been popping up with to you make your own cider as well mm-hmm. and uh i see now that um a very popular, you know, kind of a homebrew kit from Mr. Beer. They've even started a whole line of, of, of craft mm-hmm. beer. And I'm saying in quotations, because I don't know how crafty it can can get, you know, Right. because um, I've seen some more intricate, more elaborate homebrew kits mm-hmm. that require much more equipment and much more time. Yeah, here you're saying, you know, give it four weeks, five weeks stops and you're all set. Right. I'm, like, I'm kind of eerie on how actually that'll be, you know, um, but and, you know, you mentioned you're not very a wine person, but and you also mentioned you don't you try to stay away from the darker beers, correct?
1: Um, no, I, I, uh, my taste buds have probably gone towards the the lighter lagers recently, but um, no, I'm I'm a fan. I'm not the hugest fan of stouts and porters, but again, I I'm a bigger fan of them <laughs> than I once was, and and there are a couple of craft breweries in Rhode Island that make awesome awesome stouts where I'll actually select those over some IPAs and things like that if I'm at those breweries. So. Um, so I, I would say there isn't really a a style of beer other than sours that I wouldn't ordinarily just order, you know? Um, so
0: I think my taste buds are very similar to that. I mean, I would prefer, uh, you know, some sort of lager rather than a, a porter or stout myself. Yeah. Um, I've had a, I've have had a stout. Usually I've had it with like a nighttime. I don't know why I crave it at night. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just like dessert type thing. I want sure, something sure. sweet. I have a, I have a vanilla stout in my fridge right now from a brewery in uh, Corona called uh, crown and hops. One oh, of a uh, uh, black is beautiful series they got. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I have one of those. So uh, I haven't cracked it open yet because I'm kind of got to get in the mood. I don't know what it is with the stouts. I have to get in the mood for it. So, yeah, um, uh, but my uh, I was going to ask something I forgot now. Oh, Lord. Oh, there's a couple of breweries and t- speaking about that Stout, stouts was uh, I won't say who it was, but they're talking about some of these crazy flavor profiles. And, yeah. you know, you had someone say they had like a chocolate orange and a yeah. chocolate habanero. And I was just yeah. like, wow. Like, I mean, my mouth now is just watering. just thinking <laughs> of that because that sweet and like spicy yeah. is like, well, like well, that's kind of crazy. Um, but I, I'm, I'm looking to see how, I'm going to find a way. I'm going to find a way to get some beer from Rhode Island my way. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, uh, I, you know, again, people on Instagram have been asking me, hey, can you ship some out to me here and there? And, and uh, I I had never traded beer before. And then I was asking some of my friends that had, and, and they say that it's apparently like not legal to do so. So then that scared the crap out of me to, you know, otherwise I probably would have, but I'm not looking to, you know, to get uh, you know, arrested or anything like that. But the, uh, the brewery that you're, that you're speaking about with the, the chocolate habanero stouts, they also just released um, a, a mango, mango smash IPA with um, some ghost peppers that they uh, grew in their own yard. And so they actually put a, a crawler aside for me. They released it last week, so I haven't been able to get up there. Um, but they're also re-releasing their watermelon beer, which is one of the wa- best watermelon beers uh, that I've ever had. Um, and so... I'm gonna go up next week and grab the watermelon beer and then also uh, this ghost pepper mango IPA. I that's so.
0: that's that sounds delicious. That sounds like a meal in itself right there. I'm yeah. a huge, you know, spicy guy. So yeah. I love to try anything with habanero, ghost peppers. You throw it in. I've even tried a jalapeno thing one time, I don't forget yeah. from where, but uh, you know, I'm gonna to have to take your thing on the best watermelon beer because you know, twenty first <laughs> amendment up north in California. I know,
1: I know. I've had Twenty First Amendment actually because um, they they distribute out here and and they're one of the California breweries uh, micro breweries that I although I don't know how micro they are anymore but but I've I've had their uh, what the heck is the name of the watermelon beer uh, now I hell
0: hell or high watermelon
1: oh, yeah and then I've had their other I think one of their IPAs that's out here but I appreciate their brewery for obvious reasons you know with you know Thomas Jefferson and Mount Rushmore and all this stuff on uh on their on their beer <laughs> and it's um so th- that was what drew me to them the fact that they're called 21st amendment i was like damn all right a governmental beer i gotta i gotta have this come let's
0: try so, this it's in yeah. my neck of the woods. my my uh your uh what's the word i'm looking for here uh your social studies background there right. right. sure.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: so i mean that's crazy yeah. i mean it, i mean i i kind of say and i will say it again to everyone listening and is you got to go check out this movie. This movie is well worth it. I mean, whether it's on your your cable provider or Amazon or whatever other, uh, you know, where you can get it, check it out, rent it, buy it if you really like it. I myself bought it personally, and I've watched it twice, and I think I've picked up a few things the second time I watched it again, so I missed a few things, and I was like, hey, perfect. And Mm -hmm. I think the main thing I got out of that movie for myself was that you know everyone is comes from a different background no yep. one ever really decides that they're going to grow up to be a brewer one day and i think one of the right. ladies mentioned that in the and one of the one of the brewers mentioned that in the movie and i think that's a good th- a good way of explaining it cuz i mean the craft beer industry just exploded yeah, and right? it is, and it's continuing to explode and i really really do hope dave that you get a chance to go out to portland oregon or you know do something else in new england if you're ever 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 in orange county you got my number and you can i, uh, you your got now
1: and I know, <laughs> I know where, to, where to go and uh, yeah i mean i think it's a it's a place where where my wife and i want to get back to we really enjoyed our time there you know even though it was it was only a week but um yeah the last thing i'll, I'll say um is regarding the movie if folks want to watch it as you said you know it is available on amazon prime and. Um, if you go to thecraftri.com, that has a full list of platforms. Um, so I don't know what's out your way. But, um, but yeah, thecraftri.com. And then, you know, we're looking to uh, have people follow us on Instagram at that craft beer movie. Um, so uh, we will have news um, coming, you know, as we kind of start to to go through the next phase of the process. And so that's the best place where people can can check that out. And then, uh, you know, we do have a Blu-ray and a DVD available, which has 25 minutes of bonus cover, bonus footage on it, too. So with Christmas coming up, or whatever holiday people celebrate, um, you know, for craft beer geeks, uh, that might be something that they want to take a look at as well. So,
0: babe, um, if you're great. listening to this, babe, that's my Christmas present this year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Need the bonus footage, right? So, uh, All right. Hey, I, I'm, I'm telling you,
0: I'll watch it again, and I'll probably learn something different this time. And I like that's that's a great thing. I, honestly, Dave, really, really sincerely, I really mean this. Is it was a great production, really thank well put. You. It kept me on my toes, kept me excited every single minute. Of the, I mean, obviously, it wasn't explosions and bombings, but no, yeah, it was. was we didn't have an in there, but <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it was really, really good. I, I said I felt that I was there, and that's the best thing about it was right. that you felt you weren't being lectured. That's the main thing because you think documentary, you think you know, an old gentleman talking about yeah. how you know, and it wasn't that I loved it. It was great. It was really awesome. I mean, before we go though, any, any closing statements other than you already, uh, follow you on Instagram at that craft beer movie.
1: That's correct. Yep.
0: The, and the, the craft Yep.
1: The craft ri.com is where you can find, you know, wherever you are across the country, uh, you know, the different platforms that we're available on. I only, I mentioned the ones that are around the new England area, but there's about 15 platforms where you can find the movie. So, uh, our website, uh, Oh my gosh, you got the craftri.com um, is uh, is where you can find that information. Um, said Insta, uh, uh, on Instagram at that craft beer movie. and uh, that's kind of the social media handle that we're kind of pumping right now. Uh, that's where a lot of our our energy. But we are doing a lot of giveaways. you know, we're giving away pint glasses and uh, copies of the DVD and stuff like that, you know, every week or so. So if people want to try to win free stuff, you know they can they can take a look there. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I thank you so much, you know, Eddie, uh, as far as when I saw you're from California, I was like, damn, I got to get on this podcast. And, you know, so I appreciate you spreading the word out there. And the next time we are uh, in California, if we're, we're in your, your area, I'll shoot you a text and, um, and maybe Absolutely. we can meet up in person and, and I can, you know, try some of the breweries that you guys have to offer out there
0: one of the 40 in the area so <laughs> awesome. there's definitely a lot of things and again dave thank you so much for you know joining and taking your yeah. time after your busy day uh you guys keep safe out there social distance you, as you can stay keep healthy and uh i mean i'm excited for the next project
1: thank you yeah stay tuned for it and uh i'm sure we'll, we'll stay in touch uh you know through text and instagram and stuff like that so it's really nice to meet you
0: absolutely thank you so much dave
1: All right, thanks a lot.